because I want to spend time doing things that are going to make me money in the long run or setting me up for future success in the long run. So what does it look like to uh, have my business work for me? Automation, a lot of it. The goal isn't to live forever. The goal is to create something that will. Welcome to Perspective, a podcast for wedding craves, where we sit down often with a special guest and talk about our many years of experience in the wedding industry so that you can learn from us and grow your wedding business. We're talking to Devin Robinson on today's episode, who is a photographer, entrepreneur, and podcast host over on the Anchored Business Podcast, and as CEO of Anchor and Veil Photography, oversees all operations of 18 photographers and cinematographers from weddings in seven different American states. And that's seven and counting. Efficiency. Yeah, yeah, counting for sure. It, yeah, <laughs> oh, counting for sure. That. No, it's all right. Okay. It's all right. You're, I like your keen. You're, you're introing me. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I like, I'm like, let's jump in. My guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Efficiency is the name of the game. The more efficient you can make the systems that run your business, the less you have to spend on it. At that point, you can live your life, work less, and make more. We're talking about hiring associates and the processes, emails, systems, and steps to make your business more efficient. This episode is, of course, sponsored by With Jack and for a limited time by Beans.ie. So, Greg, shake that bag. What are we drinking, baby? We are drinking some more High Five from Proud Mary. Oh, uh, it's the Curious. I haven't poured it yet. Brewed up on the Chemex. We've been enjoying this one, I think, a couple of times on the podcast this month. Because we've been recording so much that this month's subscription has lasted quite a few episodes. It has, yeah, yeah, yeah. The next batch should be arriving soon, which we're excited to try. That's right. And of course, we are sponsored by Beans.ie. These beans are brought to us by Beans.ie. As photographers, filmmakers, and business owners, we know the power of stories, and Beans.ie do too. They started because they knew there were so many stories to tell about the world, of, the world of coffee, and not just about the regions or the varieties, but about the people behind the beans, the roasters, and us, the drinkers. This is the most flexible coffee subscription that we've ever used, showcasing some of the best roasters around the world who bring something different to the table. You've been listening to Greg and I on this podcast talk about what we've drinking at our podcast table, and now you can join us. Curate your own monthly subscription from an ever-changing list of beautiful coffees. And because you are our best friends, we're hooking you up with an awesome promo. Use promo code PERSPECTIVE15 to get 15% off your order. That is promo code PERSPECTIVE15 to get 15% off your first order for coffees with stories sent straight to your door. There we go. Yes. Hello, Devin. How are you? And have hey. you got anything to drink in particular over there? Yeah, yeah. So I'm drinking, you know, I didn't, I didn't check the type. Um, only because, so I have a Chemex. I get a Chemex uh, that I'm, I, I get my cup uh, of coffee with. Uh, I also have one of those, what kind of freaking kettle is this? It's one of those electronic kettles that heats up pretty quickly. And then I have a an Ember mug, which like I freaking love Ember mugs. They're what are these? Because Oh, oh, let me tell you. Okay, so an Ember <laughs> mug, it's really cool. It's a mug that it's controlled by my app. The temperature is controlled by an app. So it will keep my it'll keep my coffee as hot all day. If I keep if I charge if I keep it like on a charger, set it back on the charger, uh-huh. it'll keep it hot all day. But if I Ooh. um but like it it'll hold for about an hour or two. Uh it'll hold a temperature at like what it, what's it at right now? Like one thirty five? Let me check. Now let me check. Let me double check. 
Um, but like it's on it, it's on an app and everything. So I can control just about everything about the coffee, uh, that I want. And, uh, so it's, it's really, really cool. Uh, yeah. And, uh, so I love those kind of mugs. I got it when I spoke at a conference, they put my name and everything on it. Yep. It's at one thirty five right now. So, um, and it'll keep it there until the, the, the cup dies. So it's really cool. I love the mug. And so I'm, I don't remember my wife and I went down to, Florida went to Orlando, went to Disney World without the kids a couple of weeks ago. And there's this place that sells this really good honey, like just like different flavored honeys, things like that. And they also sell a honey coffee. And so that's what I'm drinking right now. Uh, I also have Bulletproof on deck next. That's the next bag I'm opening. Oh, all right. Um, and and I bought it. <laughs> Funny story. The only reason now, like I've never had it before, but the thing that really got me to pull the trigger on it was uh, I. So I'm really big into crypto. Love it. Right. And there's an app called Lolly that you can put onto your like you can put a, an extension onto your browser. And pretty much every time you buy from certain vendors, like it's like it's like that honey app, you know, like yeah, you get yeah. honey points. But it's like that for like Bitcoin. And so anytime I buy from like one of their seven thousand vendors, it it stacks Satoshi's, which like satoshis are just like increments of bitcoin and so literally just from when i buy from places or things like that i'm i'm also getting bitcoin so i bought it because i was like i might as well and so i wanted to try it and then i got some bitcoin for just for buying the cup or buying the coffee so i'm about it yeah very cool very cool i mean greg's saying yeah yeah i know these things i don't i don't have a clue what you're talking about Uh, i've got i've got the (laughs) the honey extension installed on my browser oh right okay Uh, yeah yeah. i get that saves you so much money i clearly do maybe you can hook me up (laughs) maybe you can hook me up (laughs) yeah yeah well now now listen now you need to get lolly so you can start getting some bitcoin as well oh damn yeah i'm sure i'm I'm sure greg can get me up and running That's right. Uh, well, cool. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, this is awesome. I I'm drinking some coffee with you guys. Generally yes. at nighttime, I drink a lot. I have a, I don't drink a lot of whiskey at once, but I have like forty bottles at home. And oh so yes, I love, you're my I guy. Love, yes. yes, I collect, I collect, <laughs> and I drink about I drink about an ounce a night, every single night. So and it takes me like two or three hours to drink it. So mm-hmm. I love I love whiskey. I love different scotches, bourbons, sunrise. Yeah. Um, what's but, what's yeah, your kind of yeah. favorite kind of go to whiskey? Uh um, it de- like literally like so I'm I'm at the, before it was like I uh, mean anything. Now it depends on my mood. Like there's some nights where I love like I love Scotch. Um, I really do love like Glen Levitt 15. I'll drink that a lot. Macallan 12. Um, yep. I also really like um, Cotswold. It's a pretty good right. uh, Scotch that I like. Uh, it's so smooth. And then. Then you go over to like the the bourbons and big fan of like Woodford Double Oak. Their Double Oak is Ooh, really good. Mm-hmm. And then um, and Blanton's is really good. And then I I love stories. So I don't know if you guys have heard of a, of a, a bourbon called Uncle Nearest. Uncle Nearest, it's really, really cool. And the story is he was the first black distiller in, in history and he was a slave that taught Jack Daniels how to distill. So it's oh, pretty shit. cool. That's so, cool. um, yeah, really, really cool. And it's a very good bottle. And so then there's that. And then like with rise, like I love whistle pig. So that's kind of, <laughs> those are like the three that I rock with if I go to different like types. All right, cool. I'm not, I'm not much of a rye drinker. I, I've got a couple. I can't remember what they're called, but yeah, uh, I'm all up in that whiskey. But last night I was enjoying my Glen Scotia. Oh yeah, I think it was a twelve-year-old. I'm looking at the fifteen at the moment because I just finished it last night. So um, yeah, I'm 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 having a great time. Okay. Last <laughs> night I had uh, I had some Basil Hayden. Oh, that's the one. That's Basil the is it, wait. That's rye, isn't it? That's the one I've got. Uh, I don't think it. 
Or is they, it? I think they have a rye. Ah, um, uh, okay. Let me double check. Let me double check. But feel, no, Basil Hayden's good. It's like yeah. uh, it's 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 good. It is good. It is good. But yeah, I, I I'm I'm a sucker for packaging. So when I saw that bottle, I was like, ooh, it's yeah, got yeah, a little yeah. bit more of a pizzazz here, and I'm I'm gonna pick it up. And yeah, yeah it was uh yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Uh, but yeah, well, th- again, Devin, thank you very much for dr- joining us. And I don't know if you're this way now, but I know at the start you were very prolific on Clubhouse. Are you are you still on this app all the time? Oh, good, good question. So, um, no, <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> okay. But uh, but but one of the biggest things for me has been like, um, I've I've kind of reassess a lot of things in my life and just figuring out like where my priorities are, especially where like the future of where I want to go is. And, um, now I love, I love educating and I love teaching. I realized a lot of things about it though. Like I realized that, uh, unless it's done specifically, uh, well, I I, I want, I actually, I want to give, I will always give. And I, my biggest thing is like to give more than somebody else in every single interaction that I have. So like, it's this, Gary V talks about it. It's his idea of 5149, but to yep. give 51 in every single conversation or anything like that I have. But then also like there's a book called how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. And just, oh, yep. um, it's a very good book. And just talking about like how to, um, and just like in, almost like emotionally uh, investing in people as you like in every conversation and everything and making them feel like ultimately just feel really valued. Yeah. And so I'm always going to do that. I always want to do that. But when it comes to like educating, I found myself in this like really interesting rat race that I think we all find ourselves in. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I had to spit. Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> so I muted myself for a second. <laughs> That's fine. I was baby. like, well, I just tell you guys what I did. Um, so, um, so I find everything we find ourselves in this really interesting rat race when you know you hit in the photography industry specifically. You hit like six figures and they're like, oh man, uh, like the next, it seems like the next pass, like the next um, natural progression is to go and you begin to educate people, you know, like, oh, that's the, f- I'm an educator now because I hit a certain benchmark or milestone in the business, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And so like, um, and then you get in this rat race of comparison. Uh, I found myself because like, now there's a lot of educators out there and the market sorts itself out. And so then there becomes not as many educators out there, but there's always like a perpetual cycle of educators. But then there's also like the, the core few that are there always consistently. Um, and there a lot of them are very, very good friends of mine, which I'm thankful for. But I found myself in this rat race where I found myself comparing myself with them in a lot of ways where I was like, right. man, why isn't my course selling like this? Why isn't this happening? Why don't I get the likes on this? Why uh-huh. doesn't nobody watching this video? Why is this happening? Um, and, and it, and my motivation for it became really just like off and, and it really began to weigh on me to where like, that's where I found, you know, my value in. And for me as a, as a Christian, I just, I know for me, like my value, my worth, my, my identity is not found in those things. And so like, those aren't the, the rock or the, the, the foundation in which I should build those things upon. Mm-hmm. And once that starts to happen and once that starts to, to kind of bleed into where I find my identity, then it's probably time for me to step away from it for a little bit just to protect myself and my heart and, uh, and so that I can stay true to what I do for the re- right reasons. Mm-hmm. And so I've just decided to kind of step away from it in a lot of ways. I also found Clubhouse because it is so, interacting like i'd love doing my morning show but i found it to be more of like a um it it really sucked the life out of me because it didn't go where i would want it to go ever right. <laughs> you know like it did <laughs> yeah. go it did go where I, it needed to go honestly i could say that and it was really beneficial for a lot of people 
but I just got off feeling drained and exhausted unless I was talking about business. I love business. I could talk business all day, <laughs> but like it would, it would never go to business, right? Like people uh-huh. just like people wanted to get up and they want to talk about what's going on, which is great. And yeah. like, that's awesome. I'm not the right person for that. And so it just sucked the life out of me. And <laughs> yeah. so, um, and so like that, that's kind of one of the big reasons. But now let me tell you, my usage of clubhouse has not really gone down. I'm in like crypto rooms like all the time and like other kind of things all the time. But yeah. I'm just, I'm not in any photography rooms, but also like, uh, it's funny. One of my photographers in here and she's amazing. Hey, Anya. Um, but like, I'm actually going to be like, I'm stepping away from photography in general and, and heading into much different directions. But like, uh, now I'll still have the business and it'll still run and it'd be awesome. But like, um, just stepping out of it and moving into other directions. So like, I'm not really fascinated by the photography rooms anymore, but like, I still want to teach and help people as much as I can because like now photography, wedding photography has, I love business and I love the chase, but wedding photography has this weird ceiling. You can only do so many. And so like, then you got to go into other states. Then you got to hire a bunch of photographers. Then you got to do all this stuff, which I love and I'm doing, but it's a weird ceiling. And so like, I love the chase of building something really, really, really big. And so that's kind of where the next move is. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's cool. Those, those rooms that where it's like an open sort of modern conversation, they are great, but you're right. They just go off on tangents. So that's <laughs> yeah, why the, the way we run these, well, these are podcast recordings, but then at the end there's like an open conversation. So it's sort of a wee mix of both to some extent. Um, but what's your, I've been listening to your podcast for years, I think. Oh man, so, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's so freaking inconsistent. Man. So, yeah, well, <laughs> on that, what's your take on the people that say that Clubhouse is the end of podcasting as we know it? So uh, I, I think they go hand in hand, man. I think you could do both um, because I think people are still going to want to come in and listen to specific things when they want to listen to specific things. That's just a consumeristic culture that we live in. And then you have people that do want to feel valued. And so in the way that they do that is they go and they, they get, they have their questions specifically asked. I do think though, also that's a way to create like, like, like trust and nobility at scale where like somebody can come in here and it's different. Like podcasts and YouTubes are unilateral conversations where it's going one direction. You're answering a vague question, all of those things. But on Clubhouse, it gets very specific. And so what happens is that trust grows at an exponential value, uh, exponential rate. When like Simon comes in, asks me a question, I answer his question specifically. It helps him. He goes, oh my gosh, that was amazing. I'll, I'll go anywhere he goes. I'll listen to anything he, yeah. he says because like I specifically helped Simon in his situation. And so like that, that's, that's the value in Clubhouse. And that's the great thing about Clubhouse is because people want to feel like people want to feel important. And when they go, get up on a stage and they get their question answered and they get to ramble about their business for like two seconds, like 30 minutes before they ask their question, they feel really valued, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have to ask, like, so I obviously I, I, I give you a very quick introduction at the beginning of this podcast. And I mentioned your, your team of 18 photographers and cinematographers, 18. That's huge. How, how would you handle a, a team like that through, through this situation right now? Through COVID? Yeah. Oh, okay. So um, it came on the back end. So like I've had five or six or seven for a while. And then uh, at the end of COVID, it grew substantially one because I just knew the trends where like we would have well over 150 weddings in 2021 because every you just imagine this is going to be literally like 2021 and 22 are going to be like double the amount of weddings that would have been in 2020 or something yeah. like that. So like, there's just this, this idea that there's going to be a huge demand and the supply was low. Yeah. And so, um, one, it helps me to provide weddings for my photographers that 
you know, like they want to either book up their schedule or, or whatever. And so that's really cool. And so, um, so a lot of it, I would say like 11 of them came post, like, like what, what month is this? I, so 11 of them came like July, like January or February or something like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, seven or eight of them were before that. And so it was really interesting. Now I'm really thankful. We, um, we, it, I'm thankful. Um, the Lord has been very gracious to us during this crazy time. I, I mean, we barely dipped 25% in revenue. And so, um, which is just like wild. And so I'm super thankful for that, but that's just like, I mean, we kept booking and we kept doing different things. And so that was really helpful. And I was able to help out the photographers that like reached out and said that they needed help or things like that because I wanted to be able to serve them well. And so it was a very interesting, interesting time, but I knew that like I have a couple salaried employees and I knew that I, I didn't want to lay off anybody and we didn't want to do any of that. So I just, I hustled and I grinded through it. And then we did other things like um, my marketing agency. I'd had it for a little bit, but like it really like it really like birthed gave like we really like birthed it and nurtured it mm-hmm. during the pandemic. And so that was really helpful and really good. And so that, that also was like a little bit of a springboard into where we're going to, where I'm going to be specifically. Yeah. And so th- it was a, uh, it was a mixture of a pivot and a mixture of like, just like get it done. Um, yeah. And so like, it's just, I mean, sure it's a global pandemic and you can't have weddings, but figure it out. And so then we did. And so I'm thankful for that. And then now it's, it's wild. It's absolutely, I mean, I, just, I currently having the biggest month I've ever had in my business this month. And so oh, really? it's just, it's, it's wild. And yes. so, yeah, I'm super thankful because that's not, a, that's not the position everybody else is in. And I completely understand that. Um, but, but I'm thankful. And so, um, guiding them through that is one, just making sure that our culture stays strong. And so that people know that I'm, I'm there for them and that I love them and I value them more than they'll know. And, that noise is that my kids i think it is yeah that is my kids can you guys hear that why does this mic sound like that Uh, why can you guys hear that well it wasn't too loud i can hear that because i have three kids and i have a trained sense to hear screaming children (laughs) that's right i'm like hold on like a shark with blood and water (laughs) yeah um okay did i just turn down the volume you probably can't hear them but can you still hear me well yep yeah okay cool 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 all right yeah you probably can't hear them at all then um okay so um, one is making sure that culture stays strong and stays uh, at, at like a, a high priority. And so that's be, that's like for me learning to implement things to make sure that at scale I can I can engage with them and check gauges and making sure things are going well and they know that they're valued. Mm-hmm. And so in, implementing things like um, like a solid SOP, which is a, a standard operating procedures to make sure that like there's not a lot of confusion in what needs to be done or yeah. how to do it. And then also making sure that we have check-ins um, where we do these. Oh shoot. I missed this past Friday. Actually, I missed the last couple of Fridays cause I'm a bum, but like um, <laughs> on Friday nights, like um, we're starting, we're, we've been, we've done it. And then we're starting back up to, to do Friday night hangouts. And if they come and then like, I'll either critique or I'll do some things and then we just hang out. And so it's cool when you have like, on a Zoom meeting, you're like, oh, hey, from San Francisco. Hey, from Texas. Hey, from DC. Hey, Charleston. Hey, Charlotte. And it's like, it's really, really cool. Um, and then we have like a training. So like our, we have a, we have a designer. I don't know if you guys know Michaela Jade. She does, um, really big, like she's like, if you've never heard of her, don't she is the person to, oh, you got to go learn from her. She will teach, she teaches, she's the best in person sales teacher in like our industry. She's incredible. Um, but she also runs my, my design team. So, um, 
so she she does all of my designs and stuff like that. So she actually led a training with the team last week. And so we we try I try to do as much as I can. And then the people that showed up, like they got Starbucks gift cards because like I want to make sure that they know that like, hey, don't just show up to make money for my business, but I also care about you. And so yeah. it's a lot of culture stuff, man. It's it's huge. It, that's the biggest part of it. Uh, we are going to be getting into that a little bit more um, after we get to know you a little bit more. But I am just going to do a Q&A reminder for our live listeners. Um, there is going to be a question and answer session at the end of this podcast. So if you have any questions that you want to ask Devin directly, you absolutely can do. You don't even need to have questions. You can just come and say hi. It's going to be an open open room. So just come, say hi, ask questions, whatever you want. Um, if you are not listening live... Uh, and you're not a Clubhouse member, and you haven't joined our Patreon, you are leaving some amazing content on the table. Our Patreon is where you get our Q&As and stuff to listen back to. So if you want to support us on Patreon, that would be awesome. It's patreon.com forward slash perspective by Cinemate. However, I want to get listening to Devin talk about himself a little bit more. So let's go. Obviously, I introduced you very briefly at the start of this podcast, but I always like to hear how our guests define who they are. So, Devin, who are you and what do you do? Oh, that's good, man. Um, uh, who who I am. Uh, so, as I said, like I'm a believer, um, sinner saved by grace. I really do believe that at the core of who I am, my identity is rooted in that. Uh, and then I am a foster dad. Uh, and so I've got two foster kids that I, I love dearly. They're incredible. Um, and we've been through that. We've been through the system. We've had we've had four foster kids, and we have two now. Um, I have an incredible, incredible wife that uh, is is way is so gracious and is far better than I deserve. And then uh, I have uh, a really cool photography business with some awesome people, and I own a marketing agency as well. And absolutely love all of those things. So it's it's been cool and. Of course, I have a podcast and a YouTube channel that I'm extremely inconsistent on. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so good. Oh, well, I appreciate that, man. <laughs> um, I, I, I think like my next hire is going to be somebody that does um, uh, do a lot of like the media for me. So like video, podcasting, stuff like that. So yeah. that because that's the biggest thing for me is like literally recording and like editing them. I just I don't I don't have the time with multiple businesses to mm. edit podcasts. So like I just that's that's going to be the next thing for me. Very cool. Obviously, we know you are a photographer. How, how did you get started in the wedding industry? Yeah, I like I started, uh, when was it? I don't know, 2012, 2013. I uh, got a camera in college. And then somebody was like, hey, I, I, got, a college, I got a camera to make dumb music videos. Like dumb music <laughs> videos in college with my friends about how our landlord doesn't turn on our AC or, or doesn't turn on like our heater. So like really <laughs> dumb music videos, really dumb music videos, like. <laughs> Literally like a parody to that so icy song. So um so I we we did that and then somebody was like, Oh hey, you take good pictures. Do you wanna take a photo photos of my wedding? And I'm like, sure. And then they're like, We'll pay you five hundred bucks. I was like, Oh cool. Yeah, we could do that. And then I went home to and she was my fiance at the time and I was like, Babe, they wanna pay me five hundred dollars to photograph their wedding. Let's go. <laughs> so then like um so I I did like my first two or three weddings were at like five hundred bucks. Then it went up from there. Uh I was I went and I worked after college. I worked for like an elementary school fundraiser, which is very interesting. We worked in elementary schools, uh, helping them to raise money by building, like by teaching character lessons to kids. And then I was, I worked in a school or I worked at a church. I was a college pastor for a while. Then I taught at a high school. 
coaching football and baseball while shooting 25 weddings a year, which was like just so much. And so 2015, my wife and I went full time and we've been full time since then, which I'm, I'm very thankful for. And, and like literally travel the world. I don't even have weddings in my state really anymore. I mean, I probably have like a couple this yeah. year, but most of them are in other countries and other states. And so I've, I've, I mean, I've been in so many countries photographing weddings and it's, and it's really cool. I'm very thankful for it. Um, and so that's kind of how it's been, um, for me a little bit lately. And, yeah. and yeah. And then now I have an amazing, amazing team that I'm so thankful for. And it's been really cool. And, yeah, that's, that, I guess that's kind of how I got into photography and a little bit about the journey. Yeah, that's really cool, man. Is is photography your, like, primary earner? Because obviously... So right now, yeah. yeah so, in, especially during a transitionary phase, now, like, it will quickly be surpassed. Um, and I... I and our photography studio is not small. We do we do a lot of revenue a year. Um, and so, like, I we're already well... And I, I don't... Please, like, I don't say these to brag at all, um, but I'm just very open because I think that it's b- good to be open. Yep. Um, but like, I so I mean, we're we're well over. I think we're almost at 200k already this year, and then we're three months in. And so, like, but like, it will not be my main revenue thing, partially <laughs> because uh, I'm switching into a marketing agency, which is just like when you work with big brands, when you work with businesses that are like, oh yeah, we'll put 60k into that. Like, it's it literally is nothing. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so it's it's very interesting. And so. I've got uh, a mark. It, it is right now, mm-hmm. but also I have a, and Anya's in here. That's funny. I love it. So Anya, you can, you'll hear a little bit about the future of this, but I have like a six month exit where I will actually be like exiting out of the business and it's going to be run by the people that are already in it. So I'm not selling it. Uh-huh. Sorry. Um, I'll still, and I'll still be in it shooting and training and, and engaging and being with the people. I just won't run any of the day to day. I just won't do any of that stuff. So like my six month is an exit on that then to dive into my my pure flare it's called pure flare media okay and so we run we have like flare marketing flare media flare design so we have a design team we have a marketing team that does ads facebook youtube ads then we have a media team that does photo and video um and then also like <laughs> so i told you i'm really big on crypto and so i have a friend who has a SaaS company um and i'm partnering a little bit with him doing the marketing for that, which is just like SaaS companies are just insane. <laughs> that will probably be the biggest money thing. Yeah. And then, uh, and then also like wholesaling houses. I don't know if you know anything about that in real estate, but um, I have my hands in a lot of things. You do. So, so, you, so wedding photography will soon be probably like the lowest thing that makes money, like yeah. the lowest money thing for me. That's very yeah. cool, man. That's very cool. Do you, can you like roughly like break that down into like a percentage breakdown for all your businesses? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, okay. If you uh, don't mind, like. No, of course I don't mind. Of course I don't mind. Okay. I would say, I would say right now though, because so I have a consultant and you guys probably see him in here a lot. It's a guy named Carl. Um, Carl's amazing. He's my business coach and our consultant for Anchor and Vail and Pure Flare. Ah, cool. And so, um, so honestly, He's like for the next six months, 98, 99% of your effort and energy goes into Anchor and Veil. And then we lay the foundation. And and then while we do that, the 2% lays the foundation and structure to really go to flip that 2%, 98%. You know what I'm saying? To the other direction. So I would say like 90% of it is is Anchor and Veil right now. Um, Everything else is like the foundation is being laid and also um, established for me to go 100% into or 98, 99% into those other things. So um, it's going to be a really quick flip though, because I already have the foundation laid. It's just, it just is now shifting my attention there. 
Yeah. Yeah. So sticking with the, the wedding photography, where does Anchor and Vale Anchor and Vale get most of its bookings from? Is it social media, blogging, network? Yeah, great question. I would say it's social media and it's a tandem between like Instagram and Facebook ads. So a very unique Instagram strategy. Like um very different than most. I don't I post the last time I posted is uh, shoot, when was the last time I posted? Was um, New Year's Eve, uh, I think. And let me pull up right now. I'm actually going to pull up the reports for you so you guys can see. I'm also switching over from Tave to Sprout, so my reports right. may be a little bit off. But I'll pull up my reports right now to show you guys like how many leads I get from Instagram. I probably, I mean, I probably get about 160 leads from Instagram, and I post like, I don't know, once every three months. So. It's not about posting at all for me. I was going to say that that's going to sound like heaven to so many people that. What? Sorry, you broke up for me. You said that. What? So many yeah, people? no, I, it just, to a lot of our listeners, that's going to sound like heaven to them. Like not having to post on Instagram, like especially right now when, you know, I know a few of them, their content's kind of running dry. And so we're still locked down. So I know a lot of people are kind of running, running on fumes in terms of like content. So hearing that will be very interesting to them. Yeah, so right now, and I've switched over, and I would say it's much higher than this, but right now, this, Thomas is 34 total leads this year from Instagram, but since we switched over to Sprout too, like, we're still migrating, so it's just a little bit off. I would say probably around 50 leads already from Instagram this year, cool. and we're three months in, and so, and I've only, po- and I haven't even posted this year. <laughs> I haven't even posted this year. Yes. So, um, it's it's uh, it's a very different strategy that has nothing to do with what you how you post or things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we talked about how in 2019, I think is when you started to expand your business and take on other photographers and videographers and even other team members as well. So how did how did you sort of know in your head that that was the right time to make that expansion? Yeah. So um, it became a, for me, it became like a very internal thing. I, and like I said, I love the chase. And I had a boss and he goes, Devin, I can, the one time, the couple of times, I hate authority, by the way, like absolutely hate it. <laughs> I literally just walk into places and quit jobs and they're like, oh, do you have a, do you have a, like another, like, like they'll be like, hey, we want to extend or like, we want you to stay, we'll pay you more. And like, no, nah, I quit. And then they're like, well, do you have like a next place you're going to, you're going to do? And I'm like, no, like, I don't even tell my <laughs> wife. Like, it's just, I hate authority. It's so bad. But I had a boss tell me, he's like, I don't see you working anywhere for more than five years. And he's like completely right. That's just how I'm wired. And so like I am a type of person that builds and passes off, builds and pass, builds and pass. Um, And so like I can build, I can start something, build it up to be pretty big and then pass it to somebody else. And so um, so what happened was about five years into my business, I just got really bored with wedding photography because like I was at this ceiling where it's like, okay, six figures, check. Okay, like six figure salary, check. Okay, like shooting all over the world, check. Um, album sale, 10K album sales, check. Like all of these things. And it just got really boring for me. And so then I was like, okay, well then what does it look like to, to sell it? And selling a very personal brand is just difficult um, in like a wedding photographer. I'm like, who's going to buy a per- very personal where people want me and my, Yeah, that's who they want. And so then I decided, okay, you can either sell it or you can scale it. And so I decided to scale it. And I decided to make it extremely turnkey to where like anybody can come in offer me millions of dollars for it and it works for them as well. And so that's what I've decided to do was make it extremely turnkey instead. And so in that, and it was tough. It was very tough. Like for the first couple of months, couldn't book anybody, couldn't figure out why nobody was booking and because they wanted the personal brand aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And then, so then I've had to, had to figure out how to make them switch from 
making people want me to wanting the brand. And so figuring all that stuff out was really interesting. And then once you do, it's like, it's just like a, it was wild. And so I'm very thankful for that. And so, um, and so, yeah, that, that's kind of how it went, but it wasn't easy and it's still not easy. And we've had people leave and I've had to let people go. I'm um, just cause it didn't work out well. And like, I've learned some hard lessons in this. Uh, and it's, it's a very interesting, interesting road to go through. And yeah. if you're not like so many people go, Oh man, if I had an associate, I can make more money because I'm booked for this date that I keep getting leads for. But like, if that's the reason why you want to do it, it's tough because you got to think of like, I mean, like, honestly, 18 photographers and cinematographers, that's 18 times more um, contracts, 18 times more timelines, 18 times more emails. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's not just like, oh, more money added on to the back end. It's a significant amount more work. And so <laughs> yeah. um, it's it's really, really interesting once you get into it. Yeah. You know, when you mentioned you have a problem with, with uh, authority, I remember now I, I could be getting this wrong. Uh, maybe about 10 years ago there was this kind of like trend of people filming their I'm quitting videos you know and they had like pipe bands and they had did you, you ever did, I don't you, remember that but that's <laughs> awesome no I just feel like you're you're you you would have been one of those people to be like I'm quitting and then you have a huge band come in <laughs> do, 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 that would have been balling <laughs> that would have been balling does no one remember that oh man maybe it's just me maybe I dreamt it who knows you must have went down a hole on YouTube one day <laughs> <laughs> we, I'm pr- we should start it yeah <laughs> yeah Greg I'm gonna walk up to my wife I'm gonna be like I'm quitting uh Greg I, I can't quit. I'm sorry. I'm, t- I'm too deep oh, okay. in. I was like, I was like, what's about to happen right now? <laughs> you see, I don't have a band, so it'd be so disappointing. <laughs> do you have, you have a um, here. Do you, you have a one of these things? Oh yeah! Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> one it's on the roadcaster. T- yeah. Oh my god! What sound effects do you have on that, Greg? What's the one where you, when someone tells a bad joke? The whap whap whap. He likes to use these on me sometimes. And honestly, they're so bloody loud in my headphones. I get the fright of my life. Uh, Anyway, back to talking about the steps that you took to be able to expand your business. Obviously, you said there were a few challenges and and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So how did you, like, what were the steps that you actually took to be able to expand your business? Yeah, so I did it all wrong. Um, I did it all wrong, y'all. Like, (laughs) the heck was I thinking? Okay. So, um, one, here's the steps that you, I'll tell you the steps that I took and why they all sucked. And then I'll tell you the steps that you should take. Um, so for me, what I did was I was like, Oh, Hey, I get a lot. I probably at the time was getting like 350 to 400 leads and I could only do so many weddings. And so what I decided to do was I was like, I'm just going to hire five photographers right now. So, um, I hired five photographers and I got them booked and it was good, but I walked them in and I, I brought them all to my house or not all of them at once, but I, each of them to my house, interviewed them. Some of them got the job. Some of them didn't. When I interviewed them and I said, Hey, like, here's the expectations. I'll pay you this much and you just show up and you shoot. And they were like, heck yeah, that's going to be awesome. And so, and then I was like, and then you call and then send the images to our editor and, and it seemed good. But what happens is when I did that, the expectations were really, really low of their like interaction and communications with the clients. So then the client experience was terrible. So then it got to a point where it didn't matter how good the photos were. People weren't liking their photos because the experience that they had with their photographer was just horrible, mm. especially for the price that they paid. Now, like you have in, in America, there's places like George Street or Tolman Media or a couple other ones where they're like photo and cinema, $1,800. And they're, and they're just, they're just at scale. Like, 
pumping out high volume weddings, like probably a thousand weddings a year all across the country. Right. And I have zero ambition to do that. I still want to average five, six thousand dollars per client across the country with photographers that are not me. And so like we I still want to maintain this boutique high end nationwide feel. And so for that, the experience has to be higher. And so because of that, like, I mean, I don't get anxiety at all. Y'all, seriously, don't stress, don't get anxiety, none of that stuff. That's just not how I am and how I'm wired. But there was a season during that first year where like in October, every time my phone rang, every time I got an email, every time I got a text message, I had like panic attacks because like it was like it was another and it was it was another client un, like upset about their photos another another client who wasn't happy about this and it was it had nothing to do with the photos the photos looked fine mm. but it was literally just about the experience that they were having with the photographer so then I had to have everybody come come to like a come to Jesus meeting where I said hey this is how it's going to be from the future and um and then all right here's how I want it to be in the future and this is how it's going to go and if you don't want a part of that then like deuces and I pay well, like I pay better than any other associate program out there because like I expect more like I um, and some people left and I knew they would leave and I was kind of pushing them out a little bit. And like it was good. I still love those people very well. Like they're amazing people and I'm thankful for them. But like, you know, like they needed to go and it wasn't the best fit for them. And then um, and so now my photographers, they're amazing and they do they do a session and they're required to have like either dinner or drinks after the session or at least before the wedding with the client. They have a call before the before the wedding and before the session with the client. And so like there's multiple touch contact points. And I every everything, y'all, everything I do is extremely, extremely, extremely automated. So like there's touch points every month for them. Mm-hmm. We do giveaways every like not every month. We do like little giveaways like um uh, like a like session type giveaways and things like that for them or actually not giveaways but like like every client gets like a, essentially they get like a free boudoir session and things like that and then like my photographers will do that and then we upsell them in prints and things like that mm-hmm. but there's all to- there's so many points of contact along the way that like everybody feels really valued and it's all um and it's all automated which I'm very very thankful for and so uh, it makes it really easy. And so I've just realized that people at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how good your photos are. People want to feel valued. Like, at, I mean, at the core of who we are, we want to feel known and we want to feel valued. And yeah. so like, I want to make sure that they feel those two things. And so that was a big, big mistake was making like my photographers feel like, Oh, show up and shoot. You don't really have to even care about the people just show up and shoot. Mm-hmm. And that just was tough. Another thing I did was I didn't, I did not do was implement systems early on that like help them to, cause like people would ask the same questions over and over and then we'd be bombarded with questions that could be answered easily. So I implemented, um, SOP standard operating procedures. I use a c- company called Trainual where whenever we onboard a new photographer or a new person, they go through this, this process on Trainual where it walks them through what's next or how to submit. Uh, images to the editor, how to submit payment how or like a payment, like an invoice request, how to submit, you know, like um, reimbursements, how to do all these things on a wedding day, what to wear, how to shoot. Um, and then I also have like a mini course for shooting for them. So they see exactly how I shoot and how to do all these things. And so like, it's very systematized where they come in and it's like, they know exactly what to do because it's laid out well and they don't have to always ask questions. And that's yeah. huge. Hold on. Can you spell um, again? So, no, no, no. I, my <laughs> throat, I talk so much and uh, my throat is getting a little bit dry. And so the coffee is not the best for that, but it is what it is. And so implementing SOPs 
that allow them at their own pace to be able to learn it and not to have to teach it over and over. And then we're having training. So uh, COVID really put a hindrance in that. Sorry, I was coughing that time. Um, COVID really put a hindrance in that for us, but like um, biweekly trainings and they're required to come to at least one a month. And so where I'll be every other week, I have a session and we go over different things during that session. And so then it really helps them to see how I shoot, but I, it also makes them just better photographers in general. And then we have, it's so like none of this stuff was stuff that I was doing in the beginning or like the Friday critiques, because like I, one thing that hit me really hard was, especially during COVID, I had one of our photographers who I love and am thankful for, but she like, she quit and she runs her own business and, and she, I think she really wants to dive into that anyways. And so like, I'm, I'm really grateful for her, but she was just like, oh, this didn't have the family feel that I was hoping. And I was like, dang, like that sucks. That's not what I want. And so um, really figuring out how we can make sure we could do that better. And so by doing the things like Friday nights, we get together, we hang out or doing different trainings or doing like our, our um, consultant come in and we have like big days where we all get together and everything's paid for and, mm-hmm. um, and, 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 you know, we hang out and we learn. And so like different things like that, just to create culture, because at the end of the day, like people will stay because they feel valued, especially millennials, millennials and Gen Zers doesn't matter how much like my I'll tell you I'm so thankful but like my uh she's like our my admin uh she's like our studio manager but she's about to be promoted but like she's stayed on with me through thick and thin and she's passed up better opportunities because of the culture and people like people don't care nowadays especially like how much money you make if the quality of life isn't going to be there and so for me like I want to make sure that the culture is there and people feel valued because ultimately like that leads to loyalty and that leads to like trust. Um, and if you operate with integrity, then that will lead to that as well. And mm-hmm. so uh, I just, I, at the end of the day, like I just want to build a strong culture. And so like, those are things that in the beginning didn't do super well, <laughs> didn't do super well at all. And so like, those are things that I would start off with making sure that if you want to build something like that, those have to be the forefront uh, of your your thoughts and your ideas uh, as you move, and that's have to be the foundation of what you do moving forward. Unless like it's a very shaky foundation. Yeah, I hope that answers the question. It totally does. I, I actually you, you touched on a few topics that I do want to delve into a little bit more. You know, um, SOP and 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 um, what it is to to make your business work for you. But I just want to do a Q and A reminder to all our live listeners. There will be a Q and A section at the end of this podcast. So if you have any questions, stick your hand up. We'll let you into the room. Or even if you just want to say hello, hi, but come up, come and and, and say that to us. And yeah, uh, have a good time. You can join us on Patreon as well. You can uh, support the podcast for as little as a pound. Um, You can do that at patreon.com forward slash perspective by Cinemate. But yeah, I've got a little ad read from uh, with Jack, our insurance friend. So we'll hear that and we'll be right back with you. With Jack was designed from the ground up and is tailored specifically for creatives. Whether you provide a service like design, development or photography or offer advice to clients, With Jack is for you. It's focused on creatives. Insurance shouldn't be complicated, so With Jack has made every step easy. You'll deal with one form and talk to one Jack as you sign up, get covered and move on with your day. With Jack is all about bespoke insurance for creatives. Simple. That doesn't mean more forms or faff, it means less. It's not about endless features and stale service. It's about one solid policy and the personal touch. 
Bye bye unnecessary fuss. Hello, creative friendly insurance. Be a confident creative. And we're back. Thank you very much for joining us on Clubhouse. Um, Devin, what does it mean to make your business work for you? Mm, good question. <clears throat> really quickly, though, I just got a notification from TikTok that said Lubaline just put out a new video. Big fan of that guy. Do you guys know him? Uh, no. No, I've not heard of him. <laughs> so he's the guy that does those like um, internet dramas to music. So like uh, the one where it was like, um, I had them all memorized. But it was the one where it was like the girl, uh, the lady asked if like something was still available. And um, and they were like, yeah, it's available. And then she was like, stop bothering me. And it was like, but you asked if it was available. And she was like, I will call. Um, oh, dang. Well, who was it? Shoot. It was something like super exaggerated. But he's put a new video. Sorry. Okay. What does it mean <laughs> to have your business work for you? Um, oh, good question. So. All right. You just uh, want to go I, and watch that TikTok video, don't you? <laughs> no, 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 no. I was thinking about your question. I was thinking about your question. I wasn't watching the TikTok video, I promise. Um, so for for me, it has to do with like one efficiency, um, efficiency and automation. I think automation is so key. It's so key because the less you can spend your time doing mundane things on, the more you can spend your time. It's this idea of like... Um, working on your business, not working in your business, right? Mm. Like that's, this is, I think that's the big thing for me. Um, that means, and this is like a big motto that my wife hates, but I love is like you do, you spend money to make money. And for me, that means investing into the right things, the right people for the sake of long-term. I am a micro, like I'm a micro sprint, sprinter, macro marathon kind of guy. So like I, I sprint in the short term, but I'm always, always, always thinking long term, which is kind of frustrating for my the people that work for me because like I actually cast vision for their life, which like is not always probably the best thing for their life. So um, I just I'm learning in a lot of ways. Um, but I, I I'm always thinking five, ten years down the road, like always, which is why I started my marketing agency to be more of like a conglomerate than like one thing years ago. And so um, I just. Uh, I, I would rather spend my time doing higher level things and outsource everything else. I outsource everything in my business because I want to do as little as possible in my business. Like I have a CFO that runs my money stuff. I have my, um, I just hired, I hired a girl to do ad stuff for me. Cause like I could do ad stuff, ads, Facebook ads, uh, and I are, are li- like literally glorified office, like office manager work. Like it really is. It's so, mundane and so monotonous that once you understand it it's just like oh my gosh i don't want to do all this so you just hire somebody else to do it but like i would rather pay somebody 15 12 15 an hour to do stuff that is not worth it for me to do and so i find my irr which is my internal rate of return right what's it cost me per hour to do something and so for me my hourly cost is like 420 dollars. so is this gonna is this going to um is this going to make me $420 an hour doing? No, then I should probably pay somebody $15 an hour to do it. So, uh, and that's kind of how I operate a lot of different things in my business because I want to spend time doing things that are going to make me money in the long run or setting me up for future success in the long run. So what does it look like to uh, have my business work for me? Automation, a lot of it. I use Zapier for a lot of things um, and ActiveCampaign. ActiveCampaign is a big email marketing 
platform for me, that text and email marketing. And the great thing is switching over to Sprout from Tave is it allows me to integrate that very seamlessly where Tave was a pain to be able to do that. <laughs> Sprout allows me to do it really, really easily. So um, I, I automate everything. I mean, I just can't tell you everything. Like I have like a 12 email follow-up sequence that once I send that initial pricing, I don't touch, I don't touch, I don't touch them again. And they will automatically like sign up for calls with me. Or like I have a mini chat bot on my website that in, in, in my sleep, people will sign up on Calendly for meetings with me because they already know my price range and all that stuff. And they'll schedule a console in my, in the sleep, like while I'm sleeping. So like, it's a really, really interesting thing. Once you start getting into automation now, it takes a lot of sweat equity up front where you're not making any money putting this stuff together, but it took me two days to set up this chat bot on my website, like full days. But now it runs like clockwork, you know? And so there's a lot of that and there's a lot of the initial sweat equity time investment up front. But once it gets going, it's well worth it because then you step away from it and you never have to worry about it again. So it has to do with automation and efficiency. Um, and that's like the name of the game for scaling. Otherwise, yeah. you spend way too much time doing stuff that you shouldn't do because it's just costing you way too much money to do it. Yeah. When you could, somebody else can be doing it. Yeah. Um, I remember years ago installing a chatbot on our website, but it wasn't an automated one. It was one that would ping to my phone. So I had to be available. Oh my gosh, that sounds horrible. <laughs> and it, it was, it was good because the, the customers and couples enjoyed being able to get instant sort of feedback. But yeah, being like if I was driving home and my phone pinged and I knew it was a chat message, I'd feel like I had to pull over somewhere to answer it. So it was really time constraining. It was mm. tough. But the automated yeah, version no works doubt, a lot man. better. Yeah. <laughs> Devin, you, you actually mentioned uh, your SOP and I've heard you talk about it on your podcast. SOP, Standard Operating Procedure. What is it? A great question. And how can it help our listeners in their business? Yes, please. Um, one of the most important things I think you can do, even if you like, if you're like, well, Devin, I don't plan on scaling to that many photographers or things like that. It doesn't matter if you plan on having anybody help you in your business. If you ever plan on having an assistant, which everybody probably should, even if it's for $15 an hour, so you don't have to do emails um, because emails don't make you, I mean, they sure they can make you money if it's like for a lead, but they, they really don't or like timelines or whatever. Um, you want to create, what that standard operating procedure is. Essentially, you want to create, hey, this is what we do when a lead comes through the door. This is what we do when this happens or that happens. Or this is what we do when um, when, when it hits the fan. And so like, you want to document everything that you do in your business now. Starting now is easier than starting when you have 18 photographers. I'll tell you that. So like, start now. The littlest things you do, write it down on a Word document for now. I use an app called Trainual. They also have one called Process Street, which is more expensive, but it like is cool. It like has more features, but Trainual is awesome and I love it and it's just fine for us. So like I have, I mean, the most mundane things from like um, how to answer certain emails, how to deal with leads, like for what the lead to shoot process looks like. I have all of that documented, all of that stuff. So then when somebody comes in, I teach it to them once. I don't have to teach it to them over and over and they ask the same questions over and over because like, you know, like when you're, t when you teach, so, you know, like there's the mark, there's the whole marketing thing where it says somebody has to see your brand seven times before they recognize it. Now, because of 2021, somebody has to see your brand. I think it's 12 to 14 times before they begin to recognize it. But, but like when you teach somebody, they have to hear it five to seven times before they remember it. 
for me, I don't have time to teach somebody something five to seven times. Yeah. I teach it to them once, and then I say, hey, go to Trainual if you have any questions on it. It'll walk you through that all over again. And so Trainual walks them through it, so I don't have to walk them through it again. <laughs> and that's very important to me. So um, that just saves me time, but it also makes sure that like it's done right, and they don't have to rely on, oh, shoot. Did I either write that down correctly or do I remember that correctly? They just go to Trainual and they see how it's done. And so a standard operating procedure shows exactly how do you operate this type of event and how do you do it correctly? Like what's the standard for this? And then like they can just walk through that. And so it's very important, even if you're going to have somebody answer emails or deal with your leads or deal with timelines, you want to walk them through how to do it correctly. And you want something that I can always refer back to rather you being the person they always refer back to. That's very cool, man. That's very cool. You actually yeah, mentioned, yeah, you have mentioned that on, I think it was your Raw and Real series. Uh, yeah, probably. Oh, man, fact, I do miss the podcast, man. I really do. <laughs> well, I feel like you're starting to get a, a, a sense of the fact that we're kind of fans of your podcast. <laughs> I'm thankful, because... and I'm so thankful for you guys. <laughs> and and we are for you. Thank you very much for obviously spending what is a lot of time uh, educating everyone so yes thank you but you 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 did actually mention something else which you, you which you tapped into just before you said that everyone should hire an assistant what is the power of an assistant um oh there's a lot of power in the assistant um so uh so for me i am a big picture visionary type of person uh, it doesn't matter what type of person you are uh, I think everybody needs an assistant because there's stuff that you you can do, but you don't always have to do. So I always think of the four quadrants of productivity. It's also called like the Eisenhower chart, I think, or something like that, or the Eisenhower flow, yeah, Eisenheimer, right. uh, um, something like that. But it breaks it down, in, and it's also in a book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Um, and so uh, the top left, you have the urgent and the important. The urgent and the important is the stuff that you should be doing, and you need to get on it. The top right is the... Uh, important but not urgent right so these are things that are important for you to do but they're not super urgent bottom left is urgent not important the urgent and not important stuff is the stuff that you can begin to hand off to somebody else and then you have the bottom right which is the not urgent not important you don't even touch those things like you shouldn't touch those things so those are the things that if you if you were to sit down write down and categorize all of the things that you do then um then then all the things that are in the bottom right Start to look for somebody else to do. Maybe you hire somebody for $10, $12, $15 an hour, depending on like whatever you feel like the need is there. Get a broke college student. They'll definitely do it and then train them up to do that well. And then like put all that not urgent, not important stuff on them and then put all that urgent, not important stuff on them and then like begin to like really phase yourself out in that way. And those are the really beneficial things about um, because because a lot of times the not urgent, not important things up a lot of our time like editing editing is definitely a not i mean it's sure it's kind of urgent but we give ourselves way too much time to edit we're like oh a session four weeks you know it's like <laughs> the session takes like an hour to edit and then it's like a wedding three months you know it's like okay um that's like not very urgent um it is important sure but like that's it doesn't make you any editing makes you zero money like really it's the one thing in your business that takes the most time away from you and makes you no money. That should 100% be one of the first things you outsource. Um, and you don't have to get an assistant for that, but assistants should be definitely be things that like you don't need to be doing, but you do anyways. And they take a lot of time from you doing things that are actually important that push your business forward. So um, getting an assistant for those things is really, really important. And also like it allow, I've, I've really noticed really interesting things of like, 
people people like your clients will be more honest to like assistants or other people that aren't actually like sometimes my photographers will do stuff and um and then the clients will come to me and they'll be like hey this happened you know like and they may not feel feel comfortable do like going to them but they'll come with me and so like people do that they don't feel comfortable coming to me and they go to my assistant people love my like love i'll show up at weddings and they'll be like oh my gosh i loved you like my client at this last wedding goes i loved you neil she goes uh i i will marry her and she she on her on her (laughs) wedding day on her wedding day she goes if i wasn't getting married today i'd be marrying janelle and i was like that is amazing (laughs) um and so like people love love her and so it, it just adds a little bit more like um like trust and and really it adds more value to your brand for your clients i think and so just very very important i like how excited and passionate you can hear about like how you sound when you speak about all this and when i hear you talk about the standard operating procedure and things like that it reminds me of the book the e-myth revisited by michael gerber as one yeah yeah good book i'm i was assuming you'd maybe read that and do you think that's one i read like some of the book um i hate reading uh, I'm be honest with you. I hate reading, and so I do audiobooks. Um, but also, yeah. <laughs> that's too. I, I, yep. uh, yeah. So I have not gotten back around to that one, but uh, I'm I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Mm. So I was wondering if if you felt that was a sort of a must for people in business. It's it's usually near the top of people's list when it's like what's a business book that you must read. Yeah, and it depends. You know, like I think that also just depends on like your personality and what you want out of your business, right? Like I think musts are how to win friends and influence people. Oh, yeah. um, because we are a service-based industry. Yeah. Uh, I think, and things like that, I think must is like Purple Cow by Seth Godin. Yeah. Um, E-Myth Revisited, I believe that's probably a must. I have not read it though. So uh, there, there are certain things that it just depends on where you want to take your business. And for me, it sounds like it probably is a must. But um, but also I'm just pretty stuck in like Bitcoin right now. I'm reading a lot of Bitcoin <laughs> books. <laughs> You've got a load of other books to li- listen to on that point then. <laughs> uh, so... A lot of listeners are probably quite daunted by the idea of having to maybe, or not having to, but by creating procedures and how to get started with that. So do you have any sort of practical advice on how to take the first steps in documenting your procedures? Hold on. Um, Taking the first steps in documenting your, yeah, like pull out, I mean, like literally write down the things that you do, uh, write down from, I mean, start with the easiest thing is starting with a um like a lead like how you handle leads when they come through the door to like delivery that's like the easiest thing to start with and then create a a word file and then like categorize that maybe like in bold text put an initial email and then like write out okay or or no i'm sorry not initial email but like lead comes in so then what do you do in your crm when that lead comes in go into go into sprout go to this page like literally document it all. So if somebody that like a five-year-old can come in, look at and read the, it's like an instruction manual to your business. And so like begin just documenting what you do on a day-to-day basis and and then like that stuff down. It's so tedious and monotonous. They have they have people that can do this for you that can be very expensive. But if you don't, if you don't have the money to like somebody else to do it for you, just like start, just pull out a Word document, categorize it and start. Yeah, I think that's a very helpful tip. I find that my wife is very good at making, you know, notes, but it's something that I struggle with. I know, well, Greg, are you, you're, you're kind of a note guy, aren't you? I'm quite a sort of logical thinking type person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. It's definitely a skill that I need to have. 
But then I just, I feel like I don't have the, you know what, th- this is this is a bad thing. I was about to say, I don't have the time to sit down, but I actually do because I, I am on Clubhouse quite often. I'm doing other things. I'm watching TV. It's absolutely ridiculous. I do have the time. I just don't. But my, my wife does all of her planning on paper, the old traditional pencil and paper. <laughs> all of her ideas. Yeah, no, are just thank you. Scr- I'm not about that. Scrunched up in little balls around the living room. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness, what the hell have I walked into here? I heard that. <laughs> I heard that. No, I'm all about like a hundred percent um about a uh like anything automated on my on my um on my computer, like Evernote, all that stuff. I cannot yeah. do Mm-mm, no thanks. <laughs> we recently well recently maybe in the past month or two we've moved over to notion so that's what we kind of work on it's i think it's brilliant still uh that's awesome i was looking to that i've never heard of it oh yeah oh it's fantastic especially if you've got like a a big team like it sounds like you do they can you know you can change documents and 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 it all happens live for everyone so it's 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 actually really great but yeah so it has been a, a struggling time for many creatives and obviously we've spoken about many of your businesses um have you been have you been diversifying your business during this time or was the diversification was that a plan that you had previous to all this yeah yeah so yeah there's no doubt i i've 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 tried i've tried and failed a lot i think that's so essential in what what we do as business owners is failing Mm -hmm. i mean like i've done a lot of things along the way and i've always been a big fan of diversifying and trying other things like I owned a conference at one point and like conference was awesome. It went so well, but the partnership was not good at all. And so that kind of sucked really bad because I really loved the conference and it was amazing. Uh, I had a marketing agency with a partner a couple years ago um, and then that didn't go as well. The partnership, we're still good friends, but he just wasn't the type of guy that I wanted to be in a partnership with. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, And it, it dissolved, but we're still great friends, which is good. And he's still, I mean, he's a great guy. I just didn't want to be in business with him. And then, um, and so like, I've always thought of diversifying. And I think that the pandemic was just an opportunity because when we didn't have weddings for six months, it was just an opportunity for me to dive, dive more into the diversification of what I was doing and put more effort into that rather than being like a mile wide and an inch deep. It allowed me to be a little bit deeper in each area. Yeah, no, I get that. That's cool. Um, you know what? This is actually a, a great time just to wrap everything up. Obviously, Devin, I know you've got um, a short amount of time. So thank you very much for joining us. Can you tell the listeners where they can find you online? Yeah. Uh, 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 I don't know. Just go get some value from me. Um, it's a very interesting thing. Like there, There's really no need for listeners to go find me. If you want, I have a podcast. But go get some value from me. Weddingtips.club has an disproportional amount of value for free on it <laughs> honestly like just about everything i t- teach on clubhouse is there for free for you guys so weddingtips.club awesome um people can find us at cinematefilms.co.uk on facebook and instagram which is cinemate films um we hope you love this episode and if you did you can support us on patreon at patreon.com forward slash perspective by cinema for as little as pounds you can support the creation of this awesome podcast and where for the price of a coffee every month you can get access to the clubhouse q a's the roundtable discussions and even more bonus content that won't be available anywhere else of course if you don't have any money to give us that's absolutely fine you're still our best friends Thank you very much for listening. We do appreciate every single listener. So thank you very much for your support. You can, of course, just 
click that subscribe button and you get the notification of when the next podcast goes up. If you could leave a review, that would be awesome. However, in the meantime, enjoy your life.